What's up? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast, episode 22. It is the 4th of July edition of Upgrade America, where we are still on our mission to upgrade America. All our fellow vets out there, especially combat vets, make sure you're taking care of your mental health. This is a hard holiday for me, as well as uh, Cameron Ra with the fireworks. Um, and they tend to be stronger this year for some reason. We know that the blip caused everybody to be in the house, be isolated, and just have the urge to get out. As humans, we are social creatures, but just be mindful that others don't do very well with this holiday. Um, Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing. Appreciate all the um, Instagram um, interaction this episode great episode very powerful we appreciate you peace and blessings yeah you know what it is upgrade america happy fourth of july Peace world, all our upgraders around it. It's Independence Day here in America. And, you know, we, we want to discuss it from our perspective and, you know, blessings and, and all that good stuff to our listeners. I'm, I'm pleased to be here with CJ, the go to sleep, day slayer. <laughs> I'm Cameron Ra. This is, wait for it, Upgrade America. On this show, we talk about Bitcoin, or I ran about Bitcoin. We talk about current events and you know, we do a little design thinking on ways to upgrade America. But yo, CJ, how's everything on your end? And still- uh, just trying to trying to make it through these fireworks, man. Right up, right up. <laughs> I'm good. I'm off. I'm studying. Um, yeah, ready to go, rock and roll. It's like they're letting. Uh, my understanding in Pennsylvania now it's like everyone has access to like industrial grade fireworks. So it sounds like there's a war going on outside. At least last night it did. But you know, here, fit the fight, we in it. So um, we already know there's a lot going on in Akron. Like with the shooting, I just watched the the footage. You wanna dive into it and and discuss on it before we talk about police reform and and our other, other subjects? Yeah, let's let's go. Um, based on the little bit of knowledge that I have of it, mm-hmm. um, he he was armed, had a weapon, but Ohio is a uh, was an open carry state, I think. Um, he got stopped, traffic stop. The cops said he had a ski mask, and they said he was possibly reaching for something, and they saw a flash, and they engaged shot 90 times, hit him with 60 rounds. Okay. He was unarmed, I guess, when he was hit, from what I understand. Now, you said open carry. I want to interject. I believe it's concealed carry. Is it? I thought Ohio was open carry. Now, open carry, my understanding is open carry is like if you're a bail bondsman or something along that lines, you can carry your weapon visibly, meaning mm-hmm. you can walk around with your Glock poking out on a drop holster visibly where everyone can see can see it because you require it for your duties okay field carry is like hey i'm just an average citizen i carry i carry a weapon 
to intervene if there's any type of uh, to protect your person and, and, and every day assist law enforcement many reasons to carry weapons self-defense yeah. that's concealed carry my understanding of it but yeah um and, well, and then you got constitutional carry and all these yeah where you don't need carry. a you don't need a, a ccw or concealed weapons license so it's a bunch of different laws i know ohio is very gun friendly i'll put it that way mm -hmm. um so what did what did you see from the footage i didn't even watch the footage because i'm in i'm in the mind state where i can't watch the footage anymore so I watched the footage. I had the stomach and I prepared myself mentally for it. And let's run it. Let's run it back. So okay. you're watching the footage. You are seeing a chase and then you do see one flash, but you can't really tell what it is. Right. And so then my understanding there's there's a pursuit. Evidently, they, the, the car stops that they're pursuing and then the deceased gets out of the car and he flees. Here's what the first thing, right or wrong, you should not flee for several reasons. One, it's just like, you look guilty when you're fleeing. Mm -hmm. And if you're with people, say you, you're with people and they commit a crime, you have nothing to do with it and you run, you're gonna get charged with mm -hmm. it. So fleeing, not saying he, the cops are right to, to, to shoot him for that, but he, he should not have fled. And two, from a boss perspective, it's like, there should be nothing, uh, you know, that you should know, like, yo, you can you can walk from that. You can walk away from that. You can beat those charges. It's a gun charge. You, you can beat those charges. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you shouldn't flee. But so when they did hindsight, right, they did find a weapon, right? And I'm just going with what was presented because you can speculate on how mm -hmm. they found a weapon. There is a weapon in the car. I don't know if there's prints on it. There's no statements from the officer. Whether the weapon was discharged or not, that's a totally different story. The end result was this gentleman got killed and he didn't have a weapon on him. And you can say what you want. The officers were all hyped. They found a weapon in the car and they saw him running and they may have saw something fire or not. Here's what happened is there was a shooting in Buffalo, New York, where someone actually killed, where they know that this gentleman killed a bunch of people and he was able to peacefully surrender and not a single shot was fired. Mm -hmm. But where they speculate and no one's, they don't have the forensic evidence to conclude that an actual shot was fired in a pursuit, which makes no sense. Cops are behind me, I'm gonna fire out the window. Why does that, how does that make any logical sense? Mm -hmm. And then, as direct action of it, they uh, they 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 shot him. Such an excessive use of force, an excessive use of force, and not one confirmation of a weapon. That is just it blows my mind, and that's why we absolutely must discuss police reform in America. CJ, I'm gonna let you leave with it because I'm gonna rant for a minute. Um, at this point for black America, because we live in two Americas. Let's keep it honest. Um, we have to figure out a way to get justice as Americans. 
whatever ways we've been doing has not been working because these shootings are still occurring. Mm. radical use of force yeah like that's execution terrorist kind of shit like that's 90 rounds were fired 60 rounds connected such a radical use of force and I say again not a knife not while a gun was found in the car not no weapon was found on his person and it is um yeah we we need to discuss on how we're going to upgrade america um i'm gonna let you rock uh i really got nothing else to say on this except we have to find a more creative way to get true justice i concur and without further ado i'm gonna dive into it okay We need to really, well, before I jump to my preamble, first and foremost, yo, law enforcement, we we love you. Like, if there was not a form of law and order, we would have anarchy. And only the strong survive in anarchy, and mostly y'all are very weak. So we need law and order. Cops, having cops is a good thing. But because this is Upgrade America, and to evolve is to change, we need to discuss on the evolution of law enforcement in America. So without further ado, I want to discuss the Citizens Advocate Agency. And this is a, the Citizens Advocate Agency is a future program where people from neighborhoods will ride along with the police and provide third party perspective on all police and citizen interactions. So they will record all stops and seizures and home entries live, and they'll further advise detained suspects of their rights. Moreover, they will advocate and intervene with force to ensure an incident like George Floyd's murder never happens again. And I want to emphasize that this this agency, it it should be armed and funded by uh, the federal government. So that's one approach that uh, a change that we should inject into the law enforcement community. But there are several ideas I want to to express as well. The fire team approach. We talked about this on previous episodes, but the way that law enforcement is conducted, we should change it to a law enforcement to a fire team approach. And for all you civilians, a fire team is just your basic military unit of four people four to five people sometimes but yeah. it's usually yeah. four, it's usually four people and this fire team would be uh, comprised of the following first and foremost you need a counselor for trauma and mental health incidents this person should be arriving on scene because america doesn't have a crime problem it has a mental health problem and the lack of, uh, of mental health provisions. So having counselors on scene for all incidents is one way that we can upgrade America. So secondly, we need a prosecutor on site to determine if a person's freedom should be taken prior to trial and also to ensure that the entire procedure is done lawfully 
I say this because I love cops. Fun fact, CJ and I, we, we did law enforcement duties and we wore many other hats during our tenure in the Air Force. Black ops, all that good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's very demanding to expect someone to be proficient in weapons, but then also knowledgeable to the extent of like a lawyer in the UCMJ, that's the Universal Code of Military Justice. Uniform. And that's more or less, it's a... Uh, it's the laws that govern military members, but it's, mm-hmm. a lot, it's very demanding. And the same goes for law enforcement in the civilian world. It's very demanding to be like, okay, you need to think under pressure, do or die situation, be vigilant at all times. But then you need to determine if an individual is, uh, is you, if you have enough probable cause to detain a person. And that's a big responsibility that I mm-hmm. think it should be divided up among more parties. So having a prosecutor on site, one to say, nope, that's not enough weed to lock this person up, or no, um, you, you really ought to be doing this procedure X, Y, Z, that's a bit too much force, no chokeholds, we don't do that anymore. You need a prosecutor on site. And third, where I, I foresee current law enforcement transitioning into is being more security focused being more proficient in your weapons. Instead of firing twice a year and shooting awfully and having to shoot 90 plus times to, to, to neutralize a, a, a perceived threat, you should one, be training on identifying perceived threats. And mm-hmm. that's what you should be spending your time and being fully proficient on that, being fully proficient on your weapon to where, oh, perceived threat with a gun to where you can shoot like a Navy SEAL, where you can shoot in the shoulder instead of two in the chest and one to the head, you'll have more precision. That's where I would like to see law enforcement head to more specialized security training with that. But they should secure the crime scene, protect the evidence and the team members, as well as any bystanders. And then finally, we need to include the citizens advocate agency their focus needs to be on protecting the citizens cops read you your rights but there's a a conflict of interest they coerce you to keep to keep talking and you know like a citizens advocate should be there like hey listen you can these are the lawyers in the area yada 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 and advise make sure that everything goes smooth for the citizen and and, and advocate for Finally, I want to, to to say that all of the fire teams should be armored. They should even a counselor and, and and a choice to be armed if they want, but they should have body body armor. But that's just some ideas on how to upgrade America and law enforcement. You know, like what are your thoughts, CJ? Former def- you know defender, law enforcement, and experience. What do you think? Uh, I want to say something for me. I tolerate law enforcement. I don't love them. Um, because of what I see politically in the system of law enforcement in the civilian sector. Um, and it's too much egregious acts to for me to love them. Considering that also another case in contrast to what we're talking about in Akron, Ohio. This guy shot three cops in a canine. Yeah, yeah. Had a weapon, and they took him in alive. So when I'm seeing that, I'm like, nah. So you choose to do proper law enforcement. 
it's not that and Kentucky and Ohio are not that far apart from each other. So I say I love them because right now I am not prepared to operate in anarchy. I'm not. Furthermore, I know when we upgrade America, take this thing over, they'll work for us. And we will ensure that they conduct proper law enforcement. But I do, I agree with what you're saying. And as we discussed in Buffalo, it was handled a bit differently. And and the situation you described, it was handled a bit differently. Mm -hmm. And we discussed operationally, like what we can do to prevent those, but how do you, I guess, punitively, like, Mm -hmm. because right now these guys are on paid leave. What should be the approach for this moving forward? There, I mean, depends on how it plays out, which they'll probably all get off, mm. be forced to retire, um, resign, or whatever. Perhaps all this from that, uh, from that police force, they'll probably get hired in the next day. Well, they should be banned from law enforcement nationwide. They should, if it is shown that, well, I mean, they're probably gonna, they're probably gonna judge in their favor. But if they weren't, if they were deemed to be saying this is a unlawful shooting, um, all their pension and benefits should go to the victim of the family. I, I, I concur with that. And while they have, the internal affairs and things of that nature I, I, I we need an, a third party involved we mm-hmm. need a third party injected into this system because um, I, I, I can't I can't uh, I can't say that black America will not burn the world down if this keeps if this continues and right now people are peacefully protesting and that's cool we, we advocate for that i may uh, take a, a trip to to uh, ohio myself but yeah we, we need changes we need radical changes because here's the thing we're saying this and we're suggesting like hey we ride along and, and it'll be cool but if you don't then the how do you say the citizens advocate agency will just be like yo y'all want to keep shooting us very well then it's gonna like the black panthers we're gonna have to shadow you and you're we're talking about armored trucks and and all that and that's gonna be quite a bit of tension you know knowing your every move is so let's work together on this let's work together i would like to get to that point but a couple of key things in law enforcement they don't tend to live in the neighborhoods they patrol they tend to live in more upscale wealthier neighborhoods which i'm not knocking people for choosing where they decide to leave but that's part of the problem of community policing as we know um so they're detached from the people they patrol so they see them that's what i think the the agency should be yeah yo it's Getting cops from the area you live in, yes, absolutely. If you live in the area, join the force. But I'm talking about the volunteers who are riding along. Okay, they live in a different neighborhood, cool. 
get to know the the citizens advocate agency people who live in the neighborhood who would be riding along with you like i think that's a bridge to where you can not close the gap but at least touch things yeah i i I know we need both and as far as anarchy I wanted to challenge you on that. I don't feel like it would be that much anarchy without so much police intervention. Because think about it. Most of the time police shows up, the stuff is already done. It's not really in progress most of the time. It's already done. Fist fight, shootout, whatever the case might be. On occasion, for the most part, if their response time is good, they get their wallets happening. I would say a good majority of the time, it's already, the crime is already done. Um, I'm talking about nationwide anarchy mm-hmm. that could be inflicted from, I don't know, let's just say a nationwide strike of police force. You, it would impact. Yeah, the National Guard would be the play. Yeah, active duty would be the play. And then, sure, you have some uh, absolute martial law. No, just really go tits up from there. But, mm-hmm. um, I'm talking about that type of anarchy where only the strong and it's I'm not prepared to operate like that. So I need uh, I need law enforcement. I need the world to be functioning as dysfunctioning how it is. But things can always be an absent of law enforcement. It would be uh, I, I just perceive it would be worse. That, that would be a very, and that'd be a very interesting experiment to see what it'd be like if all police were not strike. That would be a very interesting experience. It would be a very interesting interesting experience, but experiment. But we would have to consider some variables. Okay. Well, for instance, uh, there was mention uh, during the blip when they were going to do the mandate how all the uh, firefighters would resign, right? But then you have to consider if they're maybe one or two bad apples who just went around burning stuff in that time. Mm-hmm. And the same thing could apply in, from a, a law enforcement strike community just to make it it seem more severe. I don't know. I think, I think what it boils down to is um, in, that, in that situation, I think it will boil down to the community policing itself, mm. which most ethnic groups community-wise police themselves. If you really start digging into the minutia of, say, a Chinatown or a little Italy or something like that, for the most part, they police themselves. I'm not saying cops don't come there for stuff or whatever, but they don't really need the police over there. So then, that's something else I would like to suggest too is, and I think they're doing this in certain states where they're not responding, they're only, they're not coming for like noise complaints mm-hmm. and petty things. They're only coming for like life limb and eyesight in certain uh, certain states. And I agree, that should be the mandate where where people with guns pull up. Because I remember that was a that was a very I have some PTSD to to that day. That was a very disturbing incident. Yeah. Uh, cardboard gardens. I'll call it this apartment I used to live where it was so thin that my racist neighbor below called the cops on me because I walked too loud. And guess what? The cops actually came. I didn't open my door. I didn't open my door and they demanded to. I'm like, nah, man. Like, I got to interact with a person 
with an armed individual because of oh and, and she called me a quote unquote I don't usually use profanity but I'm quoting what she said she called me a fucking nigger in my house and had the, the, the audacity to summon the cops and they, they came like I was the suspect so yeah eliminating that I'm all for it if someone yeah. didn't know save those resources for the real emergencies mm-hmm. um Overall, we know law enforcement needs more cultural training, better firearms training, and uh, obviously verbal judo, et cetera, et cetera, use of force training. Um, Police training should be like at least a year Mm. of intense training. Like, Like basic training, tech school put together, like it should, and that should be mandatory. I could see, because it's, it's when you expand it, it's it's gonna be it's the cost. Because like for us, let's just say it costs 250k to train one SF member, security forces. But to train a Navy SEAL, it's like over a million, because their training is like a year. They do some hardcore stuff too. But it's the duration, the cost of the, the duration of the, the timeline. It, it, it's a, that would raise the cost of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Like. But we got all this technology, do computer-based stuff. Um, obviously, stuff you learn more practical, hands-on, whatever. But nah, we don't have that excuse. They get that funding for all them tanks and all that shit. They can they can divert those resources to better training, like more holistic and longer courses of training. Well, while you bring up the uh, how do you say the machines, the tanks, the tanks. Let's talk about how technology can can uh, be a force multiplier. So, okay. like in Germany, love mm-hmm. it. One of my favorite countries around the world. You remember the Autobahn? Like how they had all those cameras yeah. over there. You don't see a lot of patrols on there because they have essentially it's a robot. Some of them move and some are static, but they are governing speed on these highways so a patrol officer doesn't have to risk their life with a uh, a potentially violent uh how do you say motor vehicleist just to mm-hmm. tell them to slow down you know a camera can do that yeah but so we need speed to use camera. more we need to use more speed cameras use more technology so mm-hmm. so that like you said so we can find a way to get uh more training but yeah if anyone you blue lives smurfs out there thinks that the, the the system is perfect then you lack vision you you really do like it is not perfect there's always room for improvement we're always striving to upgrade america and i and you know 2.0 and like <laughs> we gotta make it better yeah um it's just i'm just past the point of making excuses we know what it is it's a legacy of racism in this country with law enforcement, even from the origins. People people had time to look this shit up during the blip. We all had time. Uh, we all witnessed events mm. to where you can start doing your Google like, well, damn, why does this keep happening? What's going on? At this time, it's it's time to find another way to get justice because it's not what what's going on is not working. And then with the Roe versus Wade thing, mm. open the door to unraveling 
other amendments, laws, and stuff on the books that affects all Americans, especially more marginalized um, groups in America, ethnic groups. Well, let's focus so. on for a moment. Like, the Supreme Court has the authority to not necessarily alter the amendment, but they can undo like Supreme Court decisions. My biggest concern is, is there a way that, yeah, they got a black person in office with this symbology, black person in the Supreme Court, but the symbology, could they undo slavery? Like the amendment of slavery? That is my biggest concern. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say they wouldn't try. <laughs> Uh, got some comments on IG real quick. What's up, ladies? Meekness one, Mrs. Uh, Coco Brown. So, uh, Coco Brown says penal codes adapted directly from slave codes. So, mm. that's where police got their origins from, uh, almost verbatim. Wow. Yeah. So people, I believe the you ignore uh, that. Go ahead. Overseers used to wear stars or something mm-hmm. like that uh, along those lines and sure i don't know but and that's- meekness one says she's a she agrees with having a certified therapist with the cops with the citizens was it advocate agency just, i think that's yeah. um yeah at this point nah like these motherfuckers know what they do i'm sorry just you we just had two contrasting cases totally different even though you brought up the buffalo shooting uh same thing like there's no excuse and there's several other uh you know people who did massacres and they were able to peacefully surrender and it's like the thing is they're able to peacefully did he raise his weapon over his head and then slowly drop it but they had visual on weapons in multiple occasions we're, we're, we're beating this dead horse. Yeah, yeah. Further. But, yeah, you got, we, we got work to do. All right, what else we got? We got uh, Independence Day. Let's see. You you brought up the question. We both kind of came up with this. Happy American Independence Day. Happy birthday, USA. She's now 246. America's an old racist hypocrisy. But yet, she has spunk and potential as combat veterans. Let's discuss what the 4th of July means to you before serving and post-military. Oh, no. Well, um, before serving, I suppose I was still an ignorant, innocent man. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was all fireworks and giddy and like, and subsequently it's just like, yeah um dang I, I i was in iraq for fourth of july and like they don't play that they don't shoot no, no fireworks up in there like i thought it was one rogue uh yeah that was shooting flares up like as celebrate like celebration no they were really under fire but yeah. there was none of that in, in in the desert so after coming back and and knowing what Knowing about the sacrifice and what it's really about, it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll accept the thank you for, for the service, but it's just like, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes to get that gas price cheap. 
and um, and I say this prior to uh, you know inflation nation, but um, right now I guess the best way to express how I feel now would be through spoken word. So I say happy birthday to a nation that tolerates my existence, profits off my imprisonment. Owning my ancestors was a liberty? What does 1776 mean to me? Well, in 1777, my bloodline wasn't free. What does it mean? King George owned slaves. George Washington owned slaves. New management, different names. What does it mean? Oh, paid holiday. Did the slaves get to chill and celebrate their freedom? No. I don't toast to the establishment of the white supremacist government that's laid on reparations. Both parties are racist. Still, this land is brave and beautiful and worth fighting for. So I will say happy 4th of July. I feel you, George. And I will salute all our professional warfighters who have fought, died in the past, and will die in the future to keep America somewhat free. What are your thoughts? Man, you nailed it. Um, I am, as tough, emotional about this shit. It's sad. I remember going to therapy talking about this at close friends that know me. Knowing that you served honorably for a bullshit war, I'm calling it what it is, and coming home and having to fight another war, just being black in America. And you see, thank you for your service. You see the American flag, you see this, you see that. And I gotta worry about when I go outside of my home every day or shit, in all these cases, you can die at home too. You can Mm. die at the library, you can die at the grocery store, movie, Mm. Starbucks. I mean, pick your poison. So when 4th of July comes around, I see all these flags and I'm, I look at that flag, American flag, a lot differently now than before. Before, I, I, like you said, I was ignorant, I was young, didn't think about it. After, a whole lot different. When you see the atrocities, hypocrisy, yes. and propaganda and agendas of war, it really changes how you look at your country. And then when you travel Mm. in foreign countries and get to talk to the natives of those countries and understand how they view America, um, that also adds a little more to the uh, pot of thinking. So for me, 4th of July, I know for some Americans, Red, white, and blue, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Rock on. We got that freedom of choice to do that. For me, it's different. It's, we we still got a lot of work to do. And um, my country doesn't love me like I love my country. Mm. Quite simply. I, I feel that. Um, That was deep, bro. Um, Yeah. This is a uh, it's a tough holiday for me as well as I'm not particularly fond of the explosives, hypersensitivity, and PTSD and whatnot. And 
I do reflect. I guess we we did take this time as this is Fourth of July, and it, we did reflect upon it. So it's maybe it took the blip. It took yeah. the shutting down to really look. It took. Yeah, I suppose I, I should thank Black Lives Matter for this, but it took them defacing the monuments and tearing stuff down to really consider. Yo, these people on the money like raped our ancestors. Yeah. Like, and I'm not talking about like, oh, like 18 year old answer. No, we're talking about little kids. They were child rapists and, and whatnot. And we celebrate them. We named bridges after them. We named monuments. George's big 555 foot penis is sticking up, erected perpetuity in Washington, yeah. D.C. But so it's like, you must consider the psychological effect of Jesus is white, George Washington is white, all of this. And, and what is the, I don't know, we're, we're, we're reaching a tipping point. Yeah. And um, to just celebrate it and, and wave the flags yet, For me, you, you asked you asked how I feel about it post-military. Mm-hmm. Going to war was like eye-opening because I got to see how CNN reported conflicts that I was in. Like I was actually there, yeah. and then yeah. it was like you note the differences, you note how it's being spun, and then you realize that yo. I'm a stormtrooper, just doing my job. Yeah. And, and this is like, uh, I don't know, it's a touchy subject. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I do got a couple people popped in. What's up, Morty Lovely? And peace, peace. Brown said, 11 years after America declared its independence, it illegally declared human beings in bondage, three-fifths of a person. Boom. She is very dope on her history, so you don't play. And that's why I said I won't celebrate the, the birth of white supremacy because they wrote it in black and white. I am a person, you're three-fifths of a person, like, in mm-hmm. black and white. And it, this brings up, I had a, a discussion with a colleague of, of, of color, and she was saying, well, the, the it, it never would have passed if they would have took out slavery. And I'm like, what do I care in 1776? if your blessed constitution did not pass if I'm still in bondage. So it's like, and she was defending it. And, and no. Sure. <laughs> it's a very, I just say walking around in America, especially when I engage with, I'll say other veterans mm-hmm. that are not black, I'll say white veterans, it's different. It's a different feeling. Um, I'm sure once they mention, you know, once we exchange with veterans, like, oh yeah, cool, he's one of us. But then, it's fraternity. Yeah, but then, but then, you go home, you go to your community, mm-hmm. and you're the same people calling the police on me. You're the same people passing these laws, voting for this uh, ordinance to affect my people. But we're both veterans. We're both Americans. Um, yeah, I wear my patriotic stuff and, uh, you know, for the troops and... But here's the thing. It's, it's weird, like... There's a weird philosophy where, I don't want to say 
every problem you have is your fault. Like, yeah, the system sucks, but we need to take ownership and take it. Take the system then. Like, if you're tired of policing, then it's like the culture, and we need to steer our culture to what we want to do. Instead of dancing and singing and kiki king, we need to teach our kids to, yo, you want to be a cop, you want you want to change law enforcement, bring them up from, from, from kids and steal this into our culture. Take over this. Take over law enforcement. Cool. Take over take over the school system. Let's really teach this. But if if black people are not getting involved, if we are not playing these games, don't I think I'm entitled to some profanity. Don't bitch to me about mm-hmm. if you're not gonna play. Don't bitch to me about your issues if you're not gonna put in the work. Because um, yeah, yeah, white people are in power. They're running for these offices. They're putting in the work to campaign. Like yeah. your districts and where you live. So like, put in the work. I'm doing it. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I I agree, and, but also no. Also no, our group is a very special group. Please, I'm curious. Let's very, very special, very powerful group, Black Americans. We don't get the same treatment as other groups because of, first of all, we've been here, we know how this shit runs. So basically, we're an insider threat, right? Mm. If you really think about it. Um, they can't pull this stuff on us. And so you mentioned every avenue you mentioned, right? When a black person gets in that position, they can't truly affect change because of who's above them, who's who's funding it, who's um, pulling the strings, so to speak. That's just a mouthpiece for symbolism. And it's very hard once you start rising the corporate ladder too. That's another example. Yeah, you got a black man here, a black woman here, but they get, they, they don't really have power. Um, what it comes down to is we got to get our economics up, tech, um, STEM, and we have to private cities like we talked about. We need to start doing that. Our own schools, what we talked about. Everything we have to be self-contained like Black Wall Street, all that. We need to go back to that model. That's, I feel like that's our empowerment. That's our way out because we have to work within the system, but we got to build our own system. That makes sense. I agree. Because we've seen examples of when we're in power, we still have no power. The only way we're going to truly have black sovereignty is annexed from the United States. Because <laughs> you build a, a, a private city within the confines of the United States, unless you control that jurisdiction, you are still subjugated to the laws and ordinance and, and, and what have you. There, yes, well, money, money always, will always be a factor, but there is a human aspect to it. Having people on committees, having people on boards, there is power in that. Yeah, you, if you want to argue or debate rather, like, no, let, let, me, let me provide another example. Okay, the blip, the mandate. It's going back to committees. It's like you have someone in government, but they sit on a committee with someone in what's what's a code word for uh, for pharma? For what? For pharma. 
uh, <laughs> junk food. Shit. I'm not married to, to I'm not married to that, but we'll, we'll use it. They have someone in the junk food industry. They sit on the committee, and then it's just networks of people. Mm-hmm. Like again, school boards are are ways in. Like all these listen, even if it's a librarian, take it, run from it. But we are running short on time, and I'll preach all okay. day. I have to do it short, but. We had a philosophical question on like okay. or something. But what do you want to do to George Washington? Um, yeah, go ahead, we'll do. Alright. So what we have a thought experiment. What if the founding fathers act of treason against the British failed and would King George have ended slavery in the colony? How would this land and people be today? What do you think? Um, let's historically look back. I think the only reason he even considered ending slavery was to well, the uh, how do you say the the rebellion of the colonists who ultimately uh, you know had an insurrection. So I would say if George Washington and the Band of Patriots had failed, I don't think King George would be free. I think there would still be the triangular trade, would still be in route to this day. But then again, I imagine by the time I was born, I'd burn all the plantations down and be like, yo. <laughs> um what do you think it'd be interesting uh what did it turn this colony because america is a dope piece of real estate i mean it think about it we got everything you need here they're the sent their people it just would have been more like i guess i haven't been there but like i guess montreal and quebec is more like french than canadian mm-hmm It'll be it just be more influenced, and then I think subcultures would have came out of that, but it'd been British influence. Do you think that the Brits would have expanded? Would it took more of, for instance, like do you think Hawaii would be more white? Do you think Miami would be like British getaway instead? Yeah, of- yeah, I could see that. Like uh, all the British colony con- colonies, like I think what was it Bahamas? I think Jamaica. I think those were British colonies. I can't remember exactly, but I guess those are examples. I don't recall. Huh? Bermuda, maybe? I don't recall. I know it was close to They might be. They might be. You know, it's pretty much Europe colonized all that, so it just depends on which country, but yeah. Um, I think it would have been something like that. Um, I don't know. It'd be crazy. Go ahead. Last question, philosophical. What's up? You're married to your lady in 2022, but in 2050, you want to go back in time and smash that pretty young thing, which is still your wife, you're still married to her. Okay. If you went back in time and smashed your significant other, is it cheating? And then you went back to the future. Uh, I would say technically no, but morally yes. Hmm. That's how I put that. You'll make a good politician. <laughs> I agree. Everybody say that. that answer. Yeah, because I, I think that. was fun to think about. Yeah, nah, yeah. Morally, yeah, technically, nah. Because it's still her. You just... And it's still you. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it wouldn't fly, though. I don't know. Y'all have to have that talk <laughs> for that shit. It was just younger you. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, well, shit, you was better when you was younger than when you was older. 
Uh, where we at on time? We should be done, right? Yeah, we have 46 minutes. Thanks for rocking with us today on the, on this 4th, 4th of July. I hope we ended on a positive note. Yeah. Yo, great America. We're not giving up on you. On, yeah. on you, America, you have so much potential. The idea of freedom and liberty is beautiful, and we're going to hold you to that and make sure you, you live up to that proclamation. But peace, be blessed, and yo, we barbecuing jerk chicken out here. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'll catch y'all in the next episode. Peace. Peace.